Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Last Ones In, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am, of course, your host, Jariah Archuleta. To the right of me, we have E. Hello. Straight ahead of me, we have Robbie. Hey. And from the other side of the country, we have Rocky. Ah. That's him. That's the guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And this week, the movie that we're going to be taking a look at is I Lost My Body. You can check it out on Netflix. It is a Netflix exclusive. So, E. Hello. What's up? How you doing? I'm okay. Uh, This is a very high-low week for me. High-low week? Yeah, I had some highs. I had some lows. Uh, (laughs) Roller coaster week. I finished Hitchhikers, so that was good. Uh, My bike has a flat. That's pretty bad. You finished Hitchhiker like Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah. Oh, it's really good, right? Yeah. I can't wait to get to the other books. (laughs) Oh, right. I forgot it's a collection of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, isn't there like three or four books to it? I think there's a lot, I think actually. Like six. Yeah. I also found a really good cereal, so that was good. Uh, also, my roommate ate my pizza rolls, so that was bad. So I'd say neutral <laughs> for the most part. It came out even yeah. the whole week. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robbie, what's been up with you, man? Uh, insanely busy week. Uh, I was moving today, which is part of the reason why I was late today. Uh, still got a whole mess to clean about the new place. Uh Crazy at work. Or I almost didn't make it to the podcast this week because they wanted me to work overtime, but I couldn't because, well, moving mostly, but also <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, it but, seems like your schedule's about to get real hectic. Uh, it, I think, I feel like at least hopefully it'll calm down a bit now. I just like all my stuff's moved in. Well, except for the, some of the stuff here, but most of my stuff has moved in. I just got to organize it now. Nice. So, uh, Rocky, what's up? What's been up with you? Not too much. Not too much. Just got back from Massachusetts. Helped my dad move there. It was pretty crazy. Uh, but just really, really stressful. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's done, and I'm back. And uh, Kemia was sick, and she's getting better, and I'm getting over being sick. Um, I hope. I hope it doesn't get worse. We'll have to see. Yeah, maybe you got that corona. I hear it's in fashion right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I stopped by some nursing homes. <laughs> I I asked the uh, the the uh, head of staff like, look, I got some books. Would you like to buy them? They declined. I was like, okay, can I go inside then? It's yeah. <laughs> like a really awful joke. <laughs> I guess on a little side note of something like that too, my sister uh, who. She works as a nurse, and she's actually the head of infection control at the nurse or at the hospital that she works at. And I guess people are just going crazy about the whole coronavirus thing. I guess they've had uh, they've had issues with people stealing masks and hand sanitizers at hospitals. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And yeah. like the masks don't even help you. It only it only no, works like, if you're the sick person. Like there's that, and then my sister had to ask me because like I don't know for sure, but apparently like because of the coronavirus, people are just like buying all the toilet paper at Costco. Costco everywhere. My the, my store is completely empty. What is the thing with toilet paper? Well, you know, you can wrap yourself around and you're like a mummy. And <laughs> a mummy. as we know, oh, yeah, mummies had no diseases that we're aware of. I think everyone is just deathly scared of shitting themselves to death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but toilet paper always goes first. More I think so actually it's water, just to like vandalize houses more than anything, just to bring up morale. Yeah. Everyone needs a good laugh at the end of the world. <laughs> 
So, how is our esteemed host this evening? I am doing fantastic. I just had a birthday. I got all kinds of cake. Got some Funfetti cupcakes from from E over here. Some Funfetti cupcake pigs. They're just shaped like pigs, which is is really fun. And then I got some Funfetti cookies. And Liz made me an awesome pineapple upside down cake that kind of melted, but was still delicious. Because he covered it in Funfetti? No, no, that did not have Funfetti. <laughs> a Funfetti upside down cake. He had some Funfetti gifts in the wraps. No, she also got me this dope ass leather jacket that I've been wanting for like seven months. Nice. But it's stupid expensive, so I never got it for myself. It but was I... really awkward when he got sprayed with Funfetti leaving <laughs> the house. <laughs> Hey, yeah. check out this! Check out this leather jacket. And she just opens it up and just full of little guns, full of funfetti or uh, frosting, just shooting straight at him. <laughs> the, the weird thing is, I actually hate funfetti, and for every birthday, everyone always gets me funfetti. I don't understand. <laughs> it's just a nice color, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, birthday was great. Everything's everything's going a okay for me. So, uh, I think time to get on to the movie, which is I haven't seen it. I definitely haven't seen it. Rocky, have you seen it? I didn't even know. I forgot what the name of the movie was. <laughs> exactly. That's my fucking problem. I had to write it down. It's I Lost My Body. You know, I don't blame you. It is a French movie, so I, those French titles can be kind of hard to remember. <laughs> I Lost My Body. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure in French it probably sounds a lot more exquisite, but... Could you give us an example of what it might sound like? I Lost My Body. <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I think that's what it sounds like in French. Yeah, you know, Alouette, Josie Alouette, you know, stuff like that. Do you he just asked somebody uh, if he could eat their pig, I think. <laughs> That's the only French I know, and it's because I watched Tom and Jerry. <laughs> he presented this one. We told you yeah. guys last week he was going to be presenting this week. He brought this to everyone's attention. He has told me about it multiple times, and I continuously forget the name. I don't think I've ever told you like the plot or anything, though. I no, think it's no. also just the name. I hate being spoiled on movies, so I always ask you not to do that. But yeah, like I'm interested in this i do not like french animation so i'm i'm wondering how i'm gonna feel about this movie it was animated by the french yeah that's the problem (laughs) you can see the stink come out of the art so um i'm gonna choose at random who to start with i'll choose a rocky what do you think i lost my body is about all right so look desperate man driving in a car right he has a bag of drugs Next to him. But here's the plot twist. His wife's in the back seat, pregnant with somebody else's baby. baby. Someone else's baby. It's not hers. (laughs) (laughs) You actually nailed it on the head. Wow. (laughs) I would watch that movie. (laughs) All right. uh, Care to follow up, Robbie? How do you think this movie is? I feel like it's going to go like a Deadpool twist of some kind, like someone who has regeneration powers of some kind or someone who just like cannot die, had his head chopped off. And so he's just a head or just a talking head sitting in a jar, maybe. <laughs> and he's looking for his body and whoever might have stolen it and looking to get revenge, even though he has no body. So it's just some guy he found on the street who's just carrying this jar with a head around everywhere, trying to figure out who stole his body in some kind of murder mystery but not murder mystery just i lost my body kind of mystery i would yeah i'd watch that too <laughs> also there's ninjas because why wouldn't there be <laughs> well it's french so yeah <laughs> the iconic place of the ninjas yeah, everybody the, knows that's the, where ninjas came the from iconic french ninja which 
you know, parkour, I guess, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, let's round it off. Jiraiya, what do you think I Lost My Body is about? All right. I think that when it says I Lost My Body, it's talking about depression. I think I'm not going to understand anything that's happening in the movie at all. <laughs> and it's going to be those kind of things where, like, I think this is what it was about. But, yeah, I think it's uh starts off pretty normal. Maybe the guy's a bit of a recluse, you might say. And you just sort of, he goes to sleep one night and then he wakes up or you think he wakes up and everything is all weird and out of body experience kind of thing. And then it ends at the very end turning out it was all some sort of weird depression dream or something. So we have a realistic, like a realistic type movie, a silly type movie, and then whatever the heck Rocky thought this movie was about. I was hoping that's what it was about. I was yeah. hoping that you would just like walk out of the room like, fuck, you weren't supposed to watch it, Rocky. Like, <laughs> I think that's like, like your description is like what you would see on a tabloid in the market. Like, woman wakes up with someone else's baby inside of her? What? <laughs> <laughs> Bad boy claims he might be the father? <laughs> with that, time to get to the back of the Netflix description. <laughs> It doesn't have a box, does it? No, there's no box. You can just flip over the phone so you can read the back of the Netflix box. Samsung. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Romance, mystery, and adventure intertwine as a young man falls in love and a severed hand scours Paris for its owner in this mesmerizing animated film. So Robbie was closest? Yes. (laughs) And uh, I guess I'll just say this now. The director is Jeremy Clappin. Jeremy Clappin? Yeah. Is that like a descriptor of what he does? (laughs) No, that's just his last name. Uh, It is French, so you should say that with a French accent, of course. Clappin. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. I feel like that makes it like more stereotypical. (laughs) (laughs) We're just being racist towards French people now. (laughs) Please, please, it's Jerry. Just (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Robbie was in fact closest. Huh. So there's that. And I will say, this being a French film, as I mentioned, I highly recommend watching it in French. I'm a firm believer if you watch a foreign film, you should watch it in its original language, if possible. With your subtitles, yeah, right, though? If you want. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely subs over dubs, then? I'm a subs man, usually, yes. Okay. If you don't watch it with subtitles, though, it becomes your movie. It's about whatever you want it to be about. Yeah, yeah. It could be about whatever Rocky said earlier with the baby <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'm not going to watch it with subtitles so that when I talk to you guys about this movie, I'll be talking about a completely different movie. <laughs> huh, they were speaking there, huh? That's not what I got out of that scene at all. <laughs> Very in-depth scene. They were talking about cheeseburgers! They were talking about something. No, it was cheeseburgers. <laughs> I, I thought it was a rape scene. Very, very brutal. It was a birthday party. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> well, this, it is a fairly short film, right, yep. E? This movie is one hour and 21 minutes long, 81 minutes for those of you who use metric system. So that's fairly short. Uh, I think this will be... A, I'm still guessing it's going to be a difficult movie to talk about. Just yeah, the animation probably. thing. But I am excited to give it a shot. And, you know, as a bonus, we will be doing the rest of the review in French. Uh, Are animation movies harder to talk about? I think French movies are. Oh, French movies? And animation in general is just because it's such a visual medium, even over more than normal movies. Every emotion can be conveyed in, like, ten seconds, whereas it could take another art form 
without use of CGI, 20, 30, 40 seconds. And it'd be, you could do something much crazier in animation and have it feel normal because it's animated. I will say, this is a movie, I don't think this movie would work anywhere near as well if it was not animated. So, there you go. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, yeah. This might be the last time I get to recommend a movie. <laughs> all right. With all of this being ridiculously said, it's time for us to pause this podcast, go take a seat on the couch, and chill. See you in roughly 81 minutes our time. Yeah. We are back. We just got finished watching I Lost My Body. A Netflix original. A Netflix original. You're which, legally required to say that every time you say the I title. I think you might be, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to our guest first. Uh, Rocky, what did you think of this? Uh, you know, I have mixed feelings. I think overall it wasn't. It, it was pretty good. Um, I liked it. It was. It was. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was good. So I was uh, after after I watched the movie, I kind of looked up because I wanted to really get an idea of what this movie was about. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't suggest watching this for entertainment because there's some entertaining parts of it, but overall, it's you know, it's, it's a good movie, um, but it's nothing that stands out. Um, <clears throat> but because of the themes and about kind of what that whole the whole movie is about, which when I read up on it. If I if that was a topic I was talking with someone I'd be like yeah check out that movie it's it's pretty solid and, and that kind of thing I guess yeah. so that's okay. my yeah that's that it's that a pretty boilerplate opinion yeah skirted around the whole <laughs> the whole question <laughs> um, so a hesitant maybe stream it yeah I mean it's not going to be a waste of your time it's good. It might okay. be a waste of your time. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> what are movies other than waste of our time, really, though? What is that's, time? I don't know. Sometimes movies can be powerful. I I thought this one was, but I'm not going to get into that quite yet. Robbie, what do you think? So, I feel like my opinion's a little bit of a moot point, because, <laughs> like I was saying earlier, that I was moving today, and I didn't realize how tired I was until we sat down to watch this movie, which it's a very slow-paced movie, so I was having a hard time staying awake, but I didn't get the general gist of this movie. It, it seems like it's, it's almost like a slice of life with a we- weird, surreal point to it. So I would say like, if anything, like if, if you like like art house style movies, that have like a very artistic flow to it. Then this is definitely a type of movie to watch. Uh, it almost gave me like a anime slice of life feel to it. Only like I said, with like the surreal moments of like watching, a, uh, a cousin it styled hand crawling around during some of the scenes. But, um, it was interesting for what I saw. And like, it kind of piques my interest a little bit with Rocky saying with some of the themes that are, this movie tack are tackles and it's little surreal surrealism that it does in it. So I would say at least stream it. Like it's, a, it is an interesting little art piece. And, uh, I guess that's my turn. Yeah. I, went into this having pretty low expectations, actually, because I didn't really know what to expect, and I don't like French animation that much. I don't like the really jittery animation and minimal frames kind of thing it goes for. I think it does give them the option to have more detailed caricatures and environments because of that, Um, because they don't have to spend so much time drawing the same thing over and over and over again. They can just put more detail into it, but... I'm act- I was actually shocked at the end of this movie of how much I enjoyed it and what I guess I kind of took away from it. It's along the lines of what Rocky ended up looking up and finding about it. 
of what the movie is really about. Um, I won't go into it now because I think it's kind of a bit of spoiler yeah. to go into it. But I will say that I really liked the themes that it hit on. And I'm going to say I was kind of right. I'm, I'm going to say that. I was kind of right, too. Yeah, I highly recommend streaming it. And honestly, if it ever comes available on Blu-ray or 4K or anything like that, I doubt it will because it's animated and it's produced by Netflix. But if it does, I honestly would recommend buying it. So I was the one who chose this movie. Uh, I personally only watched it just because a uh, animation a YouTuber that I watch had it on the list of like the best animation from last year. And because of that, I watched it and I really did enjoy it a lot more than I thought too. I th- like when it was starting, I wasn't sure if I was really going to be into it, but as it went, I really started to get into it. I feel, um, I personally still think it, I might just keep it at a stream, not even just the fact that that's literally your only option right now, but <laughs> I think even if you could buy, I might still recommend streaming it only because while I do enjoy this movie, I think it's more an experience experience than a I don't really know how to explain it's it's an experience I guess is really the end all for me yeah I think tonally it hits a lot of really powerful sad kind of emotions that I think a lot of 20 somethings go through when they're kind of coming up in the world um just with the music and the character even though I think he's kind of a creep but I don't know I think overall the story with it it just hits it's close to home for sad people, maybe. But uh, I feel like he's entire justified for being a creep, though. You think like from a like a psychology perspective? Yeah, you know why he's a creep. I mean, it explains why he's that way. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. although this is I mean, getting a little yeah, bit... it's getting a little into spoilers, so, so we'll cover that in a little bit. But so I mean, if you have a spare eighty-one minutes and you don't know what to do with your time, or you're taking a really long shit. And you don't know what to do with your time. <laughs> you got your phone with you. Netflix is on there. Check yeah. it out. There's a lot of shots in here, even though I'm very harsh towards the French art style. Fun fact, there actually was like a little show that I was going to show Dry at one point in time that's French animated. And like, I think he, was, he seemed interested by the storyline, but he just couldn't get past the animation for it. Yeah, it's just too fluttery for me. But yeah, uh, there's a few shots in here that I was wholly impressed by, honestly. It made me mm-hmm. just kind of sit back and go, whoa. It's it's rare that an animated film can do that for me. I have something with me. I'll say I don't really get bugged by differing frame rates like that because I honestly have watched animations that are just an animatic. And if you don't know how animatics work, they have frames wherever they feel they need a frame. So you can have a still frame for 10 seconds if they feel like that's needed. So that sounds like garbage. It's great because you have to <laughs> tell the story... To, explicitly on dialogue well i probably would like that part then so yeah i've i'm a i'm an animation buff so i kind of like all animations regardless of things like frame rate yeah yeah so i mean i guess that means pretty much overall we would at least recommend streaming it check it out spare time at the very least yeah if you want to dip after 30 minutes i can understand but we're gonna get into full-on, way-up-in-your-guts spoilers. So, if you are interested in this, and you don't want it spoiled, now's your time to bail. But I'd really like if you stayed. See you in a bit. So, we begin with a scene that probably wouldn't be expected 
off the bat, just a man lying on a floor, blood everywhere, and a fly just kind of flying around him. Yeah, which goes along to a lot of the themes of the movies of, like, freedom and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I like a lot. And it almost immediately cuts from this to a scene of a boy. Now, Fell, they connect through the fly itself as this boy is asking his father how you would catch a fly. Oh, while swatting at it. Yeah. And the father says you have to go where the fly is going to be rather than where it is because that's why the boy can't catch it. He keeps trying to catch the fly directly. And the boy kind of says this is that's silly and dumb and just doesn't take that to heart and is unable to catch this fly as a result. And then it cuts again. That's a big thing about this movie. There are a lot of cuts. Yeah, so it's kind of taking place almost in three timelines. So so you get all the stuff from his childhood that helps explain how he is as an adult and then all the stuff with the hand, which is kind of the catch of the movie of I Lost My Body, is there's this just hand that's chilling, walking around, being all hand spidery. And the, immediately the first thing I thought of was idle hands, except what if idle hands, the hand was the uh, protagonist instead of the antagonist? <laughs> yeah, I honestly was thinking just Cousin It on the Adams Family. Yeah, that yeah. works too. And I guess I'll put this fun fact here. Uh, the director was really worried because he, he couldn't quite find the sweet spot between the hand being either too comedic or too creepy. I think he did hit that sweet spot, though. I think he does. I feel like he did. Like, he said he wanted the hand to feel more like an animal, and I think it really captures that. I think it did, actually, because one of the very first things that we see the hand doing is it's in this bag in the fridge, and it's plopping out and trying to, like, escape, and it's going towards his eyeball, which, I mean, there's a whole lot of issues I have with, you know, the process of just a hand doing its hand thing. Like, how is it seeing? Like, how, why, how, what's it, what's, I, I don't understand what hands on them owns on their own do i don't understand the science behind a hand on its own yeah that's fair also i will say you did you you thought they were going towards the eyeball it was going towards the open door that just happened to be near the eyeball that probably makes sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though for half a second i was thinking like first with dry's logic on that whole thing i was for half a second i did think like the hand was seeing itself through the eyeball, so it's trying to navigate itself to the eyeball yeah. by looking at itself. And I thought it was going to just like have an eyeball leaning on a hand the entire time, so it could see where it was going. Like, would have been great. Honestly, I, I was—I honestly thought it was going to go <laughs> now, that direction. The fact that we're laughing is the reason they didn't do something like yeah. that because it would—it would kill the—it would just kill it, it yeah, entirely. I—I I can't see that though because like a lot of the hand wandering around in the movie. It did kind of feel like an animal outside of its element, kind of like if you take a, a wild forest animal and throw it into the city and it doesn't know where to do and it's just kind of like sneaking from place to place trying to figure out you know, how, either how to get back or just how to find food. Right. I don't know. I felt like it had a lot of human qualities. Oh, yeah. It is still <clears throat> like its behaviors. It is still a human hand. Yeah. It's part human. It apparently has some of main character's brain in it. I don't know any of the character's names, by the way. Uh, now, Ophel. Nowafell? It's French. <sighs> Fucking French people. So yeah, the hand is in what is presumably a hospital yes. and escaping. And it tries out the open door, but immediately it, I don't want to say sees because it has no eyes, but <laughs> it notices there's someone outside the door. So it goes back into the room and it notices an open window. So it begins climbing up a skeleton onto some lockers that lead to the open window when someone walks in 
and this person just walked in because the refrigerator are they refrigerators it's i mean it's still a refrigerator yeah. yeah yeah the refrigerator of the everything was just kind of hanging out there yeah i feel like that was just like kind of like a medical refrigerator wherever like wherever they need to preserve body parts they put it inside that fridge so that way it's not mixed in with the fridge where they keep their food yeah. <laughs> i would hope that, that would be so horrifying it's like yeah once i'm going on lunch jim just goes in it's like no not the hand not the leg ah there's my ham sandwich yeah <laughs> dang it this is a hand sandwich <laughs> oh margaret <laughs> she got me again so the hands try to escape but also doesn't want to be noticed because you know walking hands kind of terrifying noticeable <laughs> yeah a little bit and as it's going it opens the locker door to try to reach the window and the guy's walking towards it, and he's about to find the hand when he steps on an eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball that was on the floor, on the floor in front of the door, and just kind of rolled off into the way. And he's like, ah. Which, like, it's just one of those things to where you don't really realize how disgusting it, it would be, but stepping on a human eyeball would be disgusting. Yes. I imagine it has... I don't want to say satisfying, Pop, because it makes me sound like a serial killer. <laughs> I don't want to think about the sound an eyeball makes when you I assume it. it's like a few uh, grapes. Yeah, I was actually going to say something along those lines, but I didn't want to ruin grapes for E. <laughs> I don't, but I, I don't buy them. They're kind of expensive. Well, I was just going to say, like, from what I've been told, like, uh, whenever they compare the human body to foods, it's just like a human head is roughly about the same thickness and toughness of a watermelon. Uh, your fingers are roughly about the same thick... Uh, about the same density as like a carrot and your eyeballs are about the same as either a grape or a skinned grape you're saying i could actually bite through my finger with almost no trouble yes you could. but your brain doesn't you yeah, but could, yeah. You, uh, th- that's what they say is that if you didn't have the sensors in your brain to stop you from just biting your own finger off it would be about the same density as trying to bite a, or biting into a carrot but because your brain tells you to stop it because that's going to hurt kind of thing like it just automatically stops you from doing it so it's almost oh. like a safety lock in your brain you are a walking meat bag, and your brain is just trying not to get consumed. It's like, hey, you cut that shit right now. <laughs> kind of. Well, like, it's the same thing, like, if you put your hand on a hot stove, you immediately pull away. That's not a conscious decision to pull your hand away from the stove, I don't think, at least. It, Man, your fingers it, are weak as fuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Why do you think they break so easily? Yeah, your fingers are technically the weakest part of your body, but we use them for everything. Huh. Yeah, so the hand jumps out the window because it had time due to the eyeball getting crushed. And from there, it makes an escape. It sees an antenna on another roof, and it tries to make the leap, but it doesn't make it. Fails. And we get another cut. And try to think. I believe the next cut is the adult now fell, and he's just kind of... Getting chewed out by his boss at the fast pizza. Right. Because he's just sitting there at the desk and his boss is starting to tell him like, five pizzas, five pizzas I had to give away tonight for completely free because you don't know how to do your job. Well, I mean, he's not good at his job. Though. No, he's, he's really terrible. bad at his job. And he knows he's bad at his job. But he kind of has like that early 20s, I don't really care vibe. About yeah, what the you whole thing. He hasn't been fired. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually how I viewed my job. For a very long time, it's like, well, I'm not fired, so I must be doing fine. So it goes that, uh, I believe it cuts to his childhood, and he is playing with a little astronaut figure on a globe with Baz glue on it, 
or something, some sort of stick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's playing he's playing astronaut and putting it on and his mother calls him because he has piano lessons. He also has a piano, I suppose, but Yeah. But uh so he's playing this and he's like talk about how he wants to do concerts with his mom, which lets us know his mom must be we at this point you would assume a pianist, but that's shown to be a celloist later. And so he's talking about this and he's kind of skirting over like he's clearly going to ask something. And then his dad comes in. What your son is trying to say is he wants to be an astronaut. And we learned that now fell's uh, ambition is to be an astronaut and a pianist, a concert pianist. You know, the classic combo that every child goes for. Yep. <laughs> and then we cut to the hand again. It's just kind of laying in a gutter from the fact that it missed, and this pigeon comes by. Uh, the hand has actually crushed, well, not crushed, it's broken one of the pigeon's eggs, and the pigeon is not cool with that. <laughs> but, like, the pigeon's just, like, rubbing its head, like, trying to lift it up out of the gutter. Like, it's not even, like, angry at it. It's just trying to get it away from the eggs. Yeah. In, well, like, I an adorable it. pigeon way. It's kind of just like, I don't want you breaking more of these eggs, just go away kind yeah. of vibe. I mean, it is, like... I don't think a pigeon would understand what that object is. That's, yeah, that's fair, actually. <laughs> so the pigeons kind of try to push the hand off of the roof. And as the hand's finally getting pushed off, it grabs the pigeon by the neck. Uh, the pigeon obviously starts freaking out because it's yeah. being grabbed by the neck. Because it's now this inanimate object is now moving. And all it is moving, it just has a firm grasp of it. So the pigeon's running, like, and it's still in the gutter, so it's running, and then it hits the corner, and due to the force of the turn of the corner, the hand breaks the pigeon's neck. Yeah, which is a really shocking moment, actually. Yeah. yeah. So it was a cute little pigeon. And It's a cool scene, though. Yes. Yeah. No, this is a really cool scene. So as it, now the, due to the pigeon being dead from its neck, being snapped... Uh, it cannot hold the weight of the hand anymore. Mm-hmm. So it starts falling off the roof. And the hand's trying to kind of climb up the pigeon to grab the gutter. And it can't. So it falls. And we cut back to adult now, Fel. And he is kind of just going back to his apartment. Uh, he walks by uh, an old, an oldish man. And he kind of seems to be sneaking into the place he's trying to make sure no one hears him at least yeah so this is something i didn't understand like is the is the old man supposed to be like a grandpa or something i think it is a relative yes okay because that was something that i didn't quite understand through the whole thing because the grand if it is a grandpa or some sort of relative like that like it doesn't seem to have he doesn't seem to have any care for noafell at all i mean no which i mean not all grandpas do though right yeah grandpas uncles like i think he's more like an uncle kind of yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. So he's kind of walking by, and then the uncle, grandpa, whatever you want to call him, goes <laughs> and says, aren't you forgetting something? And Nelvel pulls out this tin and puts some money in. So the, you know, the uncle, grandpa is kind of just kind of extorting the him. Yeah, and like, it's not exactly a great place to live because it's sort of a really cluttered main room that you see there. And he walks through this beaded curtain to these other two rooms, hangs his jacket up, and there is a note on the door that he doesn't quite look at. And he goes to walk into his room, walks in there, and you see this girl writing what is presumably his roommate. 
And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Put a note on the door next time. And there's there's a note on the door. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like turning it over. He's like in the room with someone. It's not important. Yeah. Yeah. And he turns the note over and there's just a uh, drawing of a dick, which I thought was really great. Um, And then the girl leaves. And we see that within this small apartment, not only is he paying rent apparently every single day, but he is also sharing a tiny room in this tiny apartment with somebody else. Yeah, because it just looks more or less like a room with two mattresses on the floor. That's literally all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one's not on the floor. One is a bed. No, yeah, actually, Neo, Neo, Neofell? Neofell? Uh, let me... I've got to double check that I'm pronouncing his name correctly. It's just French, so, you know, it's hard to say it. Neofell? And uh, Ralphel, I think, is the other one. The one that was having sex. Ralphel? Something I mean, along those lines. Very similar sounding. The, the, the point is, like, the main difference between two of them is, like, his roommate at least has a box spring on to, uh, for his bed, and then now Fell just has a mattress on the floor. We know how um, all the listeners are so, like, invested on <laughs> the sleeping conditions. <laughs> what kind of beds do well, they have? It's not even so much that. Like, it's... There's such a huge difference between the two... Like, the, both their sides of that room. Like, his roommate... His the walls are completely covered in posters. You know, he has his bed in his box spring, and he has like a bunch of stuff on his side of the room. And then Nalfels is very Spartan, very minimal. Yeah, like his, his roommate, you can tell is taking advantage of everything that he has and trying to make it a living space. Whereas Nalfel, um just doesn't care. Like yeah. it's not what he wants, and he's not going to try and make it something that it isn't. Yeah, it's just a place for him to lay his bed or lay his head at night. Mm-hmm. Which is something that Robbie needs to do. <laughs> and lay his head, he does. He goes to bed, and we cut. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think we cut back to the child now, fell, and it's his birthday. And this is where he gets the tape recorder. Oh, okay. He gets a little tape recorder to record tapes on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I don't know, like. Seems like a kind of weird gift, but I mean, the children do kind of like stuff like that, so I don't really. I mean, I guess a little fun fact is I used to have a tape recorder at one point in time, and we just like kind of the same thing as the. Uh, I'm gonna keep on wanting to call him the Fell for some reason. Uh, like we just did, the, we just recorded random things with it all the time. Yeah, same. We used to rock that shit. Yeah, had my own little little interview thing. I'd bring people in that I knew and interviewed them. Not really give a shit about what they said, though, because it was about me. <laughs> so, he starts recording everything, uh, kind of does a little montage of him just, like, being with his family, recording. And then you get a very mute scene in in the car with him. He seems to be talking to his mom and his dad, but you don't really know what they're saying. And then it cuts... And the cars crash, and the tape recorder is just kind of lying on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So clearly, something bad has happened. Yes, I remember seeing the scene when we were watching the movie. Still seeing this, and still wondering what happened to his family. <laughs> like I don't know why. You mean even after the direct next scene is at a funeral? Uh huh. Where? But where are the parents? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's at the funeral. It's something that I think's had. <laughs> kind of cool about this movie is like throughout the entire movie you kind of see his idealistic or ideal view of what he's gonna be when he grows up because so it's him as a child sitting and to his 
left is the pianist him, and to his right is the astronaut him. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch they did of kind of like the future that he wants for himself, just kind of following him as he grows up. Yeah. So he's there. Which also, and God, I look, I'm only bringing this up because I read about after, because while I watched this, I was just like, oh, the, the hand's cool. You know, I wasn't <laughs> making any deep correlations, but I think that what's pretty cool is also what Chewie said is how he views his room. Because uh, mm. it, it goes back to that thing about that's not the life he wants, so he's not really investing in it. Yeah, right? He's very caught in that sort of that dream thing. Everything's pretty cool. I didn't see it at the time. So, <laughs> um, disclaimer. Well, no, there is one poster, and it's of a satellite. Because he sense. still kind of likes, wants to believe he can Still kind of wants to be a cosmonaut. And then something that I like in all the flashbacks as a kid, when he has the recorder, is he's constantly enamored by the fly. Um, I really like that. Because it just shows his adventurous nature, and that how much he really does care about like this freedom and this like free will and this idea of just being able to go wherever you want. Nobody can stop you because yeah. throughout this whole thing, he's trying to catch his fly and he can't. And so he just thinks like, well, that's what I, that's what I should aspire to be. I need to be like this fly. And he records it and he like kind of looks after it almost in some of these. Yeah. So we have, we had the funeral and he has been transferred to somewhere and this is where you meet the the caretakers. Uh, he's just a little boy. He tries to shake their hand, and they just kind of look at his thing and then are like, all right, I guess we have to take care of this guy now. Which, I mean, I know that you shouldn't say this, but if somebody just handed me a kid, I wouldn't exactly be excited either. But the thing is... They didn't have to take care of him. They clearly didn't also. Yeah, they clearly <laughs> didn't. I mean, it's one of those uh, sad truths about life, too, is like a lot of people, they'll volu- in a sense, kind of volunteer to be caretakers. So whenever there's kids in the foster system, you know, they have a home to go to. But just some stories from people who've actually been through that whole system, too. It's always just like, you know, they're not dealt with, not treated as kids, they're just treated as almost like property to be taken care of. And like they're it's like as long as you're getting a paycheck for them, then like they'll do the bare minimum to take care of them. But other than that, they really don't give a shit. Which is how you should treat children. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh after this it cuts back to I believe it cuts back to adult now fell. And he is back at his work, about to deliver some more pizzas. Back on that grind. Back on the grind. So he kinda goes around Delivering the pizzas, everything's going good. He kind of, uh, it's it's an old fashioned pizza, so you know, twenty minutes or it's free. Extremely dangerous. That's another thing that we should maybe mention that isn't said in the movie, but is hinted at a lot of the times in the background stuff. The movie takes place in the early nineties. Probably. Here's the thing, though. It also takes place in France, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe none of us know what life in France is like. Well, no. There's the commercial on earlier in the in when he's going to the apartment that shows like upgrade to dvd oh, okay. and it's yeah, showing you like fair. putting a vhs in the thing and then later in the movie we see a calendar marked 1994 okay yeah that's fair but also, also the, it is also in france though. also a character later on has a uh sticker for the pixies which is a 90s band ah so uh he's driving the they had like the pizza scooters i don't think they really use those in america right 
I was very young in the early 90s. I'm going to assume no, though, because yeah. we in have some normal cases, I think that's more In uh, some cases they did, in some cases they didn't. I think it counts on where you're working. Yeah. But it is, it is a very stereotypical... That stereotypical view of a pizza boy riding a scooter, though. Yeah, that's true. I th- I just I like think that's more like a foreign thing, because I know in Japan they still use them. Yeah, because they're small, and there's yeah, fucking and overcrowded. Yeah, that scooter's yeah. dope. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I mean, that scooter could make some good maneuvers. <laughs> and well, like, the thing about this, too, like, while he's doing his daily grind, if you notice, like, he's just weaving in and out of traffic to... That's what you do in yeah. other countries, honestly. Plus, I mean, 20 minutes or less, or else his boss is going to chew him out for giving away a free pizza again. Right. So There's a fucking... reason we don't have those anymore. Yeah. Can you imagine 20 minutes or less on a fucking scooter? <laughs> yeah, that scooter went up to, like, 95. He's he's driving, uh, weaving through all the traffic. Uh, if you've never been to not America, that's, well, maybe even some places in America, honestly. That's just kind of how you drive, especially if you're a scooter. <laughs> and he's making all his deliveries, and... He eventually gets to a turn, and someone cuts him off and hits him. And all the pizzas fly out. Pizzas fly out. He bangs up his scooter pretty bad. And the nice touch that I like here, it reminded me of stories Robbie's told us in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. He hits this car, and the guy like slowly rolls down his window, fixes his mirror. After he fixes it, you okay? Yeah, and now Fell's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he sees that his scooter's all banged up, and the car just drives yeah, off. he's like, well, fuck it. My job's done. <laughs> well, Robbie's Robbie's actually was worse though. Yeah, yeah, that guy tried to like, sue my fucking car. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little backstory of this is I rode a bike everywhere for about two years when I was in Salt Lake City, and uh, yeah, I was actually going downhill and I was riding my brakes as I was going downhill, but the light turned green, so like I let off the brakes a little bit to you know just keep going down the hill and. You know, cars are going straight, and then, like, the one that turns right is the one that happens to be, like, right in front of me as I'm going down this hill. So I slam on the brakes, but since I'm on a bicycle, they don't, like, brake very well, or quite as well as they should. And so, like, I realized that I I wasn't going to stop fast enough, so I just kind of tried to brace myself, and I slammed into the side of the car. On my forearm, I had this dark spot where uh, I just had uh, friction burn from the window. Whenever. What he's pointing at is his elbow because he doesn't have an arm. <laughs> his arm is gone. <laughs> I don't know so a dark spot on my here. stub. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, your life in Salt Lake City could have had the soundtrack to this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did you ever deliver pizzas? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, I believe. A bit after this scene, it co- cuts back to the hand, which is in a dumpster. Because that's where he fell after the yeah. pigeon couldn't hold him up because the pigeon was a corpse now. And then this kind of brings a weird, like, one of the things, like, how does this hand work? I, apparently the hand was knocked out, which I guess it was <laughs> earlier, too. Yeah. So this hand has a, like, consciousness that could be knocked out. I don't understand this hand at all. Which is pretty neat, to be honest. Yeah. Has but, a weird hand brain going on in there. Yeah, so it takes a peek outside the dumpster and it sees that there is uh, trash people. <laughs> uh, what are the trash trash garbage men? Garbage men. Uh, <laughs> you know, some garbage living... men is very different from trash people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some living it's just trash, no trash people out. coming up in their goddamn rags. <laughs> just trash people. <laughs> so these, the garbage people are going and they're collecting garbage. And it's thinking about making the break for it, but before it can, the garbage truck picks it up and puts it in the garbage 
You know, back. it does the thing that all garbage trucks yeah. do. You've seen a garbage truck. <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah, so it does that, and uh, it does the crushing bit, and you're like, oh no, what about the hand? But the hand's okay, because it's okay. Yeah. I don't know how the hand's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that fair, was just kind those of... don't crush all the way. I've seen they them. They kind of do. Depends on the one, to I mean, be there's a I've reason... seen a lot that don't. There's a reason why they tell you not to be in them when they crush them. Well, yes, but also we're a lot larger than hands. No, no, I they, guess they so, crush like, all the way. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, like, uh, comp- those compressors are pretty strong, though. I think it's just, like, through animation magic, it survived, the hand survived the <laughs> trash compactor. That's, yeah, but, so... There's a reason it's compacting the trash. Because <laughs> well, like, it works. There's only so much you can compact it, you know? Moving the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> so it does that, and the hand's like, oh man, that was almost bad. It doesn't say anything because no, it's a hand. hand doesn't talk. <laughs> but that, also, we get the return of the pigeon. Did. This is the last time you'll see it, unfortunately. Yeah, the pigeon also fell in the dumpster. So you see its little floppity corpse around. Yeah. If, if the hand could talk, what do you think it sounds like? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, oh, 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 fuck, where's my body? Oh, jeez, I gotta find my body. It's <laughs> the <a> bitch hand. <laughs> Hi, everybody! <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know what voice I did, but I sure did once. I'm a hand! I think it's probably Damn pretty it. close. Oh, that was gonna be wrong. That was, that was close to my... Now I have to do something else. <laughs> Just combine them all. Yeah. <laughs> So, I will give my impression. Keep in mind that um, my girlfriend's sleeping, so I can't go full mode into this. But this is my impression. Just imagine me a little bit louder. But, oh, fuck! Fuck! <laughs> so, while we're on this topic, fun fact. Oh. There originally was a voiceover for the hand in the early versions. <laughs> now, the reason for this is because, fun fact, this is based off a book. And in oh. the book, the hand had a voice due to the fact it's a book. That may... Huh. Okay. I, yeah, that makes sense for a book. I don't think that would have worked here. Yeah. I know it wouldn't have worked here because we all tried our best shots at what a hand would sound like. <laughs> well, the director himself... I thought mine was pretty reasonable. <laughs> the director himself said, like, in the early versions, when you heard that, it just took you out immediately. Yeah, I could see that. And honestly, I think the movie... Is so much better without the hand because you could think about what you think the hand's thinking instead yeah. of the hand being like, "Hi everybody, I'm the hand." <laughs> what? What if they went in a different route and the hand was just like super racist? Like oh, it didn't God. say racist things, but the impression was super racist. Everyone would be like, "That, that's racist." Well, it like does like an <laughs> Italian motion. <laughs> that's so terrible. The fucking he... a pigeon! It's <laughs> <laughs> doing the Italian thing with the tan because he worked at a pizza shop for so long. <laughs> anyway, so it's the truck drive is driving off, the hands looking, it sees that there's in fact the road. <laughs> and, and the road is moving. Yes, the road is moving. You one could say the truck itself is moving. You could just say that. So it's thing. It's obviously it can't just jump out because one, there's garbage people hanging out on like garbage people do on the back of the garbage truck, uh-huh. and <laughs> you're killing it. You're killing know, it. <laughs> so you know, I get really mixed messages when you say the garbage men are garbage people. <laughs> you know? So the garbage men are. <laughs> it could be woman too. Like, I don't know. 
<laughs> He's just being PC here. <laughs> Would you rather be saying the garbage Samaritans? <laughs> that might work. No, if you said the garbage men who are garbage people, probably Americans, I would catch you. But they're French! <laughs> so, the hand notices that there's a can. So it gets in the can and it jumps out <laughs> onto the freeway. A ravioli can, mind you. Yeah. Get some Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Not explicitly. <laughs> Not explicitly Boyardee, but it's definitely Boyardee. It's definitely... <laughs> Non-copyright Chef Boyardee art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the cat goes and it dink donk dinks onto the uh, s- the sidewalk, and then a skater comes in. He's like, "I'm radical!" and hits the can, and the can spirals and spaghetti sauce everywhere. Ah, uh, can has a lot of reserves. Spaghetti words. sauce. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, actual words. If actual you read the words. subtitles, Even that's what you. Ah, fuck that can. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> And this this is a great part, because now the can acts like a hermit crab. Yeah, that's actually really cool. It was really good. Nice. And it's another one of those things, like, getting the, just nailing the hand movements, because it just feels like this is a hand managing to live on its own somehow. That's how a hand would move. I think this is, this little chunk of the hand, where he's going from in the can into the subway until he escapes from the subway, that is my favorite hand parts. Yeah, that's some of the better ones. I don't know, there's one towards the end I think I like a little bit more. So, as he just said, the hand notices a subway, and it go. it's uh, gonna go down the stairs, but some drunk guy's going up the stairs, so yeah, it's scared. It's kind of then it's like, like, wait, this guy's drunk, he's not gonna think there's actually a hand, yeah, so it also, goes down anyways. Also, one of the things I like is while the hand is, like, traveling on the sidewalk as this hermit crab thing, um, a car drives by and there's a kid with his head sticking out and he stares at it like what the fuck is that <laughs> like this kid's having nightmares for the rest of his life instant know, therapy <laughs> the hand dink donk dinks down the stairs go and it's gaining speed as it does this actually or no not yet not yet i'm wrong uh it just keeps walking and then it goes to an escalator and then it dink donk dinks the yes. escalator <laughs> yeah. and doing this it gains so much speed that it actually is about to it starts rolling fast and then it needs to grab because it's about to go onto the rails but it's a bad hand it's an uncoordinated hand it has no itself coordination and so it tries to grab the ledge but it falls off onto the rails just as a subway is coming through the station just a what wait no just as a train is coming through the subway station <laughs> just as the subway pulls up is like you want a five dollar foot long <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the subway <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> you You're very tired, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep saying words. <laughs> It'll eventually be a proper sentence. <laughs> It'll make sense eventually. I just got to stuff enough. I think that's why I used to do an English class. I would stuff a thousand words into a sentence and hope it pass. <laughs> Uh, with the subway coming, then like it it gets uh, knocked out like underneath the subway, and tries crawling into like a little safe uh, spot. Yeah, where then it ends up, or uh, some rodents see it, and since it's covered in delicious Chef Boyardee, yeah, yeah uh, delicious non branded Chef Boyardee sauce, they're kind of interested in it, and he's like a little skittish about these rats that are coming up to him and trying to sniff him. 
kind of like when you put your hand out for a dog to sniff and then like they lick it to test you and stuff like that. It's kind of what he's doing with these little rats. And one of the rats are over there and like, mm-hmm, pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. And then we as humans know that rats are fucking vicious animals, so we know what's hap- about, about to happen. And just as you would think, they start to bite and attack the hand. Yep. <laughs> and started attacking it like, yeah, we're going to take this back to her lair yeah. and eat it. So now you get a fight scene between a hand and a bunch of rats. Yeah. Which is way cooler than you would imagine. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, like, the ha- the rats are like, arr, 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 and the hand's like, because, you know, it's a hand, it doesn't talk. <laughs> it's basically just, like, trying to flick these rats away and strangle them. And eventually, it sees this lighter on the ground, and it's a hand, so obviously it knows how to use a lighter. And the rats are trying to drag it under so they can consume it and take its flesh back to the rest of the nest. And he lights the lighter in the nick of time. And just like any other creature, if you put flames in front of them, they're going to fuck off. And so the rats are scared of the flame, and the and the train in the subway is about to take off, and so yeah. the hand think, jumps through the wheels. I think the my favorite part about that scene, too, is like because it has that lighter, and it's like... Kind of, it, it just reminds you like those zombie movies whenever they pull a torch out of nowhere and just like the pack, pack you things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. eventually he just throws the lighter at the rats. Well, again, it's a hand, so if it's holding something, it can't move very well. Yeah, so it's like holding it with its pointing finger and its thumb basically, and using the rest to like slowly. Yeah, crawl using back. his ring and his pinky finger to kind of crawl back while it's doing this. And it does this. The train's starting to leave, so you know it's moving. So it jumps before. Jumps between two wheels so the rats can't follow it without being killed. And there's just a rope kind of hanging under the train. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the connectors, probably. And it grabs that, and it gets whisked away. And then, I believe, it cuts back to a adult Nanofell, I believe. Delivering some more... Delivering a pizza with his busted-ass scooter. Yeah... Uh, it doesn't close or anything, and he's at this uh, apartment complex, and he presses the buzzer. He's like, fast pizza, and they're like, you're late. Like, uh, yeah, I know, I, I had some troubles. It's like, well, I'm not letting you in. He's like, um, okay, I just, I need to deliver this pizza, so if you could buzz me up. Like, Why should I buzz you up? You're late. If you're 20 minutes late, I get a free pizza. You should just be lucky that I'm not badgering you for a free pizza. He's like, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's up it's up to you, really. Wait, I'm actually 20 minutes late? 40. <sighs> Do you want the pizza or not? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hang very on, I'll buzz you in. a defeated moment that yeah. he's having. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, actually. This is a really a good, good scene. scene. I feel like I've had moments like this in my life of just like, I fucking don't care about any of this. You decide how this happens, lady. (laughs) So, she keeps buzzing him in, and he just can't figure out how to open the door in this apartment. Keeps buzzing, and he just doesn't get the time. She's like, you gotta wait for after the buzz, and then it doesn't work. And it still doesn't work. And so he's like, oh, fuck it. Can you just come down here? (laughs) And it cuts to... Much later, presumably. Yeah. Because he's still just sitting around waiting, and she's still just over the intercom saying, like, I guess I'll put a jacket on and come on down, but she keeps not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this man has the patience of a saint, honestly, because if I were there, I would have fucked off and just left the pizza on the floor a long-ass time ago. 
Yeah, but he's there, and she's going, and then he looks at the pizza, and he's like, hey, uh, don't bother coming down. The pizza's ruined. We were we had an accident on the way here. She's, yeah, like, she's like, oh, are you okay? He's like, yeah, the pizza looks fine. No, are you okay? Like, well, oh, he, somebody cares about me. <laughs> yeah. He actually didn't say, like, the pizza's fine. He said half of the pizza's fine. The other half of it, though, and she's like, no, 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 I, I meant you. Are you okay? And I think, but when it shows the pizza too, like this pizza's fucked, basically. Yeah, I mean, he's not... being optimistic about it. <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, it's still edible. It's still edible, but it's just like one of those like. Actually, wait, no, it you... landed on the ground. It probably has rocks in it. Yeah. That's fine. You can eat a few. I mean, rocks. I guess I another little fun fact of like a something that something else that happened in Salt Lake City. Uh, one of the this girl that I dated for a little while, I decided I was going to bring pizza to her place as like a kind of like a little gesture. Cause they were saying that they were hungry. And, uh, as I was walking up the stairs to her place, I actually like, uh, I tripped on the step and I hit the railing and the pizza flew out of my hands <laughs> off of a second story railing and it hit the ground. And I'm pretty sure they just heard me go, uh, inside of the apartment. And I walked back down, like weirdly enough, like only one slice of pizza actually fell out of the box. The rest of it was fine. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the pizza fell out of the box. Yeah. and just like, I was like, no, like the, the entire box, no, the entire box fell. <laughs> I was really hoping the story would end with like, and they didn't see me drop the pizza. So I scooped the pizza back to the box and gave it to them. <laughs> we did something similar to you. you a gigantic pizza to uh, Jariah's house. And yeah. I helped you bring that pizza. Like, that was huge. Oh, yeah. It's a costume, by the way. Yeah. Like a 35, like $40 pizza, $40 pizza or something like that, right? It was, it was like a 40 some dollar pizza that was 28 inches in diameter that we had to turn sideways to get through the door. It was oh, so no. big. And uh, <laughs> we had nowhere to put it because, like, I don't think you had a coffee table at the time. Nope. And, like, Julian and his friends were just, like, sitting around the living room. So I just, like, put it on a chair like just to put it somewhere and it ended up getting knocked over <laughs> oh no and yet i uh, knocked it over yeah rocky knocked yeah, it over <laughs> rocky, I, i'm trying to be nice about this but rocky is what knocked it over and i i think i even looked at you was like you dick and you're like what and like, you knocked over the pizza oh we shouldn't have put it there <laughs> while I he still a got very his slice, argument <laughs> because when i swing my hand up to knock something over it's only gonna knock over <laughs> If it's not balanced. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think I bumped into it or something. Yeah, you bumped into it. It just knocked it off of that chair. And, like, a bunch of slices did fall out of the box, like, onto the carpet that nobody wanted to touch kind of thing. Except for I, Julie. I like to think all the slices fell out. And we just salvaged the ones that fell on other pizza. That might have been. I think that is completely true. <laughs> Nevertheless, like... I think Julian was hungry enough. He actually ate some of the carpet pizza. Yeah, I, I would. He ate honestly. all of it. I mean, all the pizza was Didn't gone he? the next day. Yeah. Like, the fact we ate that entire pizza is probably a miracle within itself. <laughs> for one, because it hit the floor, and for two, because that thing was gigantic. He was eating mushrooms, like, for months at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right? true, yeah. Yeah, so he he wasn't complaining. I'll tell you, <laughs> pizza is better than months of mushrooms. I'll tell you that much. And <laughs> then... Little floor spice makes everything nice. We didn't have any art, so without cleaning the pizza box, we just put that puppy right on the wall. <laughs> Anyways, it starts raining, and it's like the kind of rain you just kind of can't drive in. Yeah, super I, I fucking don't think, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's the kind that you can't drive in. I think it's just 
the kind you don't really want to, especially the kind if you're you can't on a scooter. Scoot in. Yeah. He starts just eating the pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Is that my pizza you're eating?" And he's like, "Yeah, this uh, this is your pizza." The extra onions was a bad idea, by the way. <laughs> he's just eating her pizza, and she's just kind of cutting the shit with him, because what else you gonna do, really? Yeah, he can't go anywhere. And so this old lady walks in at this time. Well, they have One a conversation they, Yeah, they first. do have a conversation, because they have a conversation about how she lives on the 35th floor. Like, what do and you see up there? Yeah, Nothing. Like what, that sounds great. Yeah, she's like, oh, we just see the horizon. It's like, oh, that sounds kind of great. You just don't have to deal with everything that's happening down here, kind of thing. And she's like, oh, that's kind of... It just feels kind of like a void, almost, is what she was saying. If yeah, because he like goes then, on to say, like, can you hear the rain? She's like, no, you can't hear any of the rain up here. All you hear is wind. Yeah. And it's, every now and again, when it's really bad, you can feel the whole building kind of swivel and shake. She's like, wow, that sounds amazing. And he closes his eyes. So all through most of this dialogue you're hearing, you actually just see a black screen because it's him closing his eyes trying to imagine it, which kind of is one of those really fun movie magic things because it invites you to imagine it along with him and sort of forces you to put yourself in that moment. But it also shows how they have very different perspectives of this too. Just kind of like he has a dreamer's perspective of uh, just kind of like being free up in the sky and she just sees it as like, oh, well, I'm in a cheap ass apartment up here Mm -hmm. and like it sucks up here because I I have to live up here and see this every day and he just, it's something different for him. So it's something that he wants compared to someone that already has it. I think it's almost like a sense of like everyone minus E growing up in a small town. <laughs> and like we hear people romanticizing it all the time, but we have a very different view of it because we saw the bad sides of it. Yeah. You see all those sides where there's just drugs everywhere. Yeah. You see how people cope with being in that nowhere town. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It wasn't that bad though. <laughs> <laughs> could have been, I'll be honest. Could have been a hell of a lot worse. But, um, and during this, you actually learn the person he's talking to name is Gabrielle. Miss Gabrielle. Yes, Miss. She well, because, is not married, because uh, on the pizza. Yeah, she's, it's it like, so- uh, Miss Martinez. And she's like, or oh, it's Ms., by the way. And, and it's, it's not, not Martinez. Martinez. I just didn't bother changing. Yeah, it's like, they, yeah. never cha- they never changed the name on, like, that was the previous tenant. Like, she doesn't live here anymore. They just never changed the name. So I just left it there. <laughs> And then after this whole conversation about kind of freedom in life yeah. uh, is when this old lady walks in. I don't remember her name. It's not very important. But what we do learn is the door was, in fact, not broken. He just, right. He just has no idea how to open the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, the old lady starts going off about how, like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I forgot my keys again. Can you just buzz me in? And she's like, oh, yeah, of course, no problem. And she buzzes her in. The old lady gets in, no problem. And then our main character's like, so you don't pull after the buzz, which is like, I guess his sign of being like, well, this girl just really wanted to talk to him still, which is a nice moment, but then later made extremely creepy in my mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, There's also some contrasts that are pretty cool, too. Her life was very community-based. She's helping this um, older lady who's who's a part of the building, whereas his is he has to apologize for stepping into the room. While his roommate's just <laughs> fucking a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And then the, um, also, I, I 100% agree the theme of the, the dream aspect is huge, but another one is also being held. And again, I'm saying this because I read it after the movie, so I'm not 
saying this intelligently. I'm saying this like, well, I'm the, the, the director. Well, actually, <laughs> oh, a lot of the stuff I have in my notes is just stuff the director said, like stuff I wouldn't. There's one thing I think makes sense, but there's no way in a million years I actually would have said that on my own. Uh, this thing, the I, I, the director did not say oh, about uh, that. I'm just from what he had said. I'm just kind of. No, that's fair. That's fair. You know, pulling it together. Yeah, but uh, another important thing we learn is Gabrielle works at a library. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the old lady does mention, uh, she mentions a book to her and says, like, oh, I'll return it to you soon. It's like, all right, we'll get you your new book. And he does ask about it, saying, like, oh, like, you give her books? Like, yeah, I work at a library, like, so it's kind of part of my job. Oh, wait, we missed an important thing. Uh, there is a little back and forth between Gabrielle's, like, you are terrible at your job. Which she just busted out. Like, you don't tell that to people. But yeah, she's like, you are terrible at your job. You're like, yeah, I know. My boss tells me. (laughs) My boss tells me that all the time. She's like, you should change jobs. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really earnest moment that is really funny and kind of touching. But uh, anyway, so back. uh, Gabrielle says, if you're going to do it, do it now. And... Now Fel is a bit confused, thinking she means about the job, whereas she was talking about it has stopped raining, so if you're going to leave, do it now. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I guess I I probably should get going. And so he does. I think it cuts. Now Fel's just in the bathroom. Here's the creepy part. Yes. Uh, he's just kind of calling every, I think, library. Yeah. And asking I, for no, Gabrielle. I don't, think, I don't even think it's the, every library. I think he's just, like, looking up Gabrielle and the Well, and the, I, the reason I say book. library is because he's asking specifically for Gabrielle, and I feel like that's more not calling the person. But then again, you find exactly which library. He finds exactly which library she's at. Yeah, yeah I guess you're, so he's you're right about that. <laughs> and his roommate's like, I need to take a shit. Get out of there. And, like, he finally does eventually find the right Gabrielle, and he's, like, trying to talk to her, and the roommate just pulls the cord out from under and unplugs it from the wall. Yeah. And... That dude's a dick. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, I was gonna say, now if you listen, didn't get a sense that he was a dick beforehand, you definitely get it yeah. now. So, Diddick goes, and he's like, he's like, okay, I know the library. So, he goes to that library, and he... There's a receptionist, uh, Mo, Moda, or something, what's her name? Doesn't matter. Know. Uh... He looks there first because he's making sure this weird person's not Gabrielle. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has standards, I guess. Yeah, when you're being creepy, you gotta know it's not getting an uggo. Yeah, and he's like, uh, is Gabrielle here? And she's like, can I have a name? And he's like... Uh, it's actually it's kind of a surprise, <laughs> so could you not? And she's like getting on the intercom, Gabrielle, and he's like, no, no, it's not that important, it's not that important. <laughs> uh, it's her bathroom. He starts practicing what he's gonna say because he kind of just showed up. <laughs> he's like... Oh, uh, it's, it's me. Now, fell uh, fast pizza. Hello. You're <laughs> 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 not far off from his. You know, the perfect yeah. pickup line. Yeah. Fast pizza. Hey, it's, Hello. It's a me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I was going Italian. <laughs> it's a me. No, no, no. Ah, this podcast. Is I would weird. like to see someone try to seductively do that. <laughs> <laughs> So he's, like, in the bathroom practicing what he's going to do. And then uh, the receptionist he talked to notices him in the bathroom, and she's like, yo, that chick left. But uh, don't worry, you can catch up to her pretty quickly. It's not hard to spot the neon headphones on her ear. So he's like, I better follow her, I guess, because I'm a weirdo and a creep. And he follows her. 
and it goes to the subway where she's just sitting alone and you see someone sit next to her, but it is in fact not Naofel. He's not that much of a creep. Well, he's still a creep. <laughs> yes. Because you see someone sitting that. next to her and then it like the focus changes to the background to where you see him in the background just staring at her. In a different car too. It's yeah. very creepy. It's super yeah. creepy. Very creepy. Uh, then she uh, goes a bit and she's getting out and he's like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't. Then he's like, fuck it. And he goes and follows her. And he's like, oh, man, where'd she go? And he sees her go into an alley, I think, ish. Yeah. And yeah. so he just kind of like a little, yeah, a little bit of like a back street. So he's like, hey, I know where she go. <laughs> hey. Hey, girl, I know you go there. <laughs> so he goes there and he's like looking in this building he thinks she walked into, but. Oh, no, she didn't walk into there. She went around the corner. And she's like, hello. And he's like, "Uh, hi. And then she's like, GG, you got someone here. And GG, he comes up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking in the worst English. (laughs) (laughs) So GG shows up. He's like, yo, what are you here for? He's like, oh, shit, I have to have a reason to be here. Right. It's not socially acceptable to just follow somebody. Um, So he pulls a flyer off the wall. He's like, I'm here for the apprenticeship, obviously. He's like, damn, that's old, man. Where did you find that? Yeah, and so... He should have just owned it. Just be like... <laughs> I followed this girl here because... I <laughs> you The hand shows up and says that. The hand actually speaks the real. <laughs> <laughs> he's there and he's like and Gigi's like yeah I don't I don't need an apprentice anymore and then uh, Gabrielle leaves and he's just kind of chilling he's like you know what S- screw it and he follows Gigi into the shop he's like yo you know you could use an apprentice yeah but Gigi's like what no I don't need anyone and he's like and then as you should obviously do when you're trying to become an apprentice. Look at this place. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I mean, this place is a mess. You obviously need help here. He's like, uh, I'm just, I'm not, I haven't looked for anybody in a long time. I'm old. It's just not worth the hassle. He's like, but I could help you around with anything. He's like, okay, uh, like, what do you know? Have you ever worked with wood? Have you ever painted anything? He's like, like, I'm a fast learner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, what would your parents think? And then... Now, Fell hits him with the hard cut right there. They're dead. Yeah, so, like, well, fuck, I gotta give this guy something now. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I, well, like now I feel bad. Yeah. Take some notes, job applicants. Do you have any special skills? Um, to avenge my dead parents? <laughs> <laughs> Due to this fact, Gigi's like, I guess, sure, why not? Uh, be here at 8 a.m. There's a little shack. Um, there's a little attic, not a shack, that you can be in. And he's like, dang, that's way better than I even expect. Yeah, he's like, there's this little shack I have over there that I had for my last apprentice. So you can have that if you want. And then just meet me down here at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning and get ready to work. Like, okay, great. So, like, he gets up there, and immediately it's a way better situation than he was in before, and he doesn't even have to pay for it. Yeah. Sure there's a lot of people these days that, like, if an apprenticeship meant that it got you free housing, they would totally take it. Take it. Fuck yeah. Uh, and I believe around this time is when it does actually cut back to the hand. Uh, it has 
found a little like newspaper roll to sleep under and it wakes up and it's just covered in ants um but yeah and then it runs on to the frozen lake because it's winter and like crawls up a stick because you know it's covered in ants yeah so it's like trying to get all these ants off of it because there's a lot of ants and they're just biting the fuck out of this hand yeah and then while on the stick, the stick breaks and it falls into the creek, river, whatever you call it, because it's just like frozen on the top, basically. Hands can't drown. Uh, we don't know that. Look, you can assume this as much. hand no longer has a body. We're not going to question it. <laughs> but also, what's your first reaction when you just fall into a bunch of cold water? <laughs> yeah, that's what the hands did. <laughs> We, we we can't attribute rationality to the magical hand. Whatever it does, it just does. We just have to take it yeah. as it is. So the hand's being swept by the river, and it's like, shit. And it's trying to, like, grab something. It grabs a stick, and it, like, pole vaults, and it finds a tennis ball, and it's just trying to get up, and then it just is like a buoy. And it's floating on the tennis ball, and then a dog comes up and picks it, and then grabs that tennis ball with the hand still on it. Yeah, and then... And then- it sprouted wings and flew away, and none of us questioned it because it's just a <laughs> hand walking around magically. Unfortunately not. Well, actually what happens is someone calls the dog, and the dog just walks back to the owner, and the owner's like, good boy. And then the owner picks up a walking stick, and it's like, well, he's clearly blind and unable to tell. I yeah, guess. so the dog just gets that tennis ball in hand and ends home. Uh, then we cut back to adult now, Fell, and he's like telling the... What's his face? The uncle person, most likely. And he's like, hey, so uh, I found a job and an apartment, and it seems pretty neat. And I already said yes. So, yeah. So you just have to be okay with it now. (laughs) And And they don't seem to care. No. So he just packs up all his stuff. And in the... This, you see him pull out a briefcase, and in the briefcase, you actually see the tape recorder. It survived. Yeah. Or it could be a different one, I guess, but... But he has all these tapes from his childhood that he... From all the sounds that he recorded, it's the air and the plants, him swinging his microphone around, and the fly. Yep. And maybe even more. Yeah, so he does that, and he also just has this nice-looking watch. I I think it was from his father. I can't quite remember if he was ever wearing it. I assume he was. I think he was. Yeah. And so like he puts it to his ear and he keeps trying to listen to see if it's ticking, if it's working. And you see the hands moving on, so it's still a working watch. Yep. So he decides, well, this is mine now. So he now has a place to live. Uh, basically, throughout this, you see little like glimpses of child now, fell just kind of living. Being a child, recording different sounds kind of getting lost more in their imagination and the free flow thinking mentality of like, I need adventure. I need to be out there. I need to be free kind of thing. Yeah. And then now fell is like, all right, now I am living in this cool little place. And he hears Gigi call him and he hits his head on the rail. <laughs> yeah. And he like goes out to this window that's in the roof and he puts his head out and Gigi's like, Hey, come on down to work and uh, watch the rail on your way out. So he gets down there and he starts telling him, like, any woodworking that you ever do is only as good as the drawing. Yep. So if you have a bad drawing, you're going to have a bad wood, you're going to have bad woodworking. So it all comes down to how good you are at drawing. 
and Nalfa's like, what do I draw? And he's like, cough, cough, because he's sick. Yes, and we start to kind of get glimpses on his little sickness. Correlate that back to him being a dreamer. So, I mean, that's pretty much the same thing as saying, like, this guy's, like, saying, well, I mean, anything's as good as the vision you put into it, which is the same mentality he's had as a dreamer. So I think that plays into it. It's like, what are you going to build? Yeah. yeah. that. Yeah, I see that. Oh, wait, then um, what's, Gabrielle shows up. She's like, what's he doing here? Yeah, So then she seems confused. Gabrielle and Gigi go into the little, like, uh, office type thing. And, you know, you can still kind of hear them. It's like when your parents are yelling in the room over. Yeah, without the subtitles, though, I wouldn't be able to understand what's no, going I would, on. No, I mean, it's in French. It's also in French, <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to understand it anyway. But, no, without the subtitles, I definitely wouldn't actually understand. And I don't know if you're really supposed to understand what they're saying. You get the gist of, like, she basically saying, like, what are you doing taking anybody in? Like, you're sick. Like, where do you think this is going to go? This isn't going to end well. Yeah. And as he's doing this, oh, what's up? that's interesting. See, because what I did is I actually turned the volume all the way down with the subtitles on and just did all the voices myself. <laughs> so I thought that they did that really loud. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're sick. It's strange that now Phil's just walking around minding his own business when they're yelling at it. <laughs> you know, he is a dreamer, so he's kind of yeah. like... No. <laughs> but uh, as this happens, Naufel just kind of knocks over a bunch of boards and gets a splinter in his hand from the boards. <laughs> yeah, and he's a little baby, so... It's like, ow. <laughs> Gabrielle, it cuts over to Gabrielle just kind of pulling all these splinters out of his hand. Yeah, so uh, Gabrielle is just patching Naufel up, kind of cutting the shit once again. That's the thing she likes to do. Because what else are you going to do while you're just patching this guy up while he has, like, five splinters in his one finger? <laughs> and she's like, oh, what's your name? He's like, oh, I'm Naufel. Oh, what do you do? Uh, I used to be a delivery boy. Sushi. She's like, oh, wow, that's great. You must have had a great time. Did he, did he wink? No. no. <laughs> did I wink? Because the way you said that, though, the way you said that, though, yeah. sounds like a really creepy wink when you did <laughs> Like, I can deliver your sushi if you want. <laughs> and he does the Italian. <laughs> I can deliver the sushi for you. <laughs> oh, this is the oh, worst. This is the worst running joke. So, but no, he's it's pretty bad. Like, this is the thing where it's like, yo, now, fell, what the fuck you doing? Just be like, oh, I was a pizza man. But I think it's, but he doesn't. He, yeah, I think he's he a liar. To, he probably feel like he realizes what he did to Dar meet up with her, and he realizes how creepy it kind of sounds. So he lets her so know, like, "Oh, I was a delivery boy." Instead. So instead of saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm a pizza delivery guy," and like have her like piece together, like, "Oh, are you the guy that I talked to at my old place?" Like have her piece that together. Like, "Oh yeah, it was so sushi." You totally don't know me. Yep. <laughs> but she was like, "Oh yeah, whatever." And he's like, "Who are you? What do you do?" And she's like. Gabrielle library. Basically, this is just kind of set up so he can actually show up at the library and not seem like a creep. <laughs> Still a creep, but Still he doesn't creep. seem like it at this point. Still undercover creep at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Gigi's like, yo, we need the war vet. Ha ha. <laughs> he, he says ha ha right there too. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so she finishes she ties up his little finger 
uh, foreshadowing a bit, I guess. A little bit, yeah. If you didn't know that the hand was, in fact, his hand. What? <laughs> Crazy. Goddamn spoilers. I'm the worst. <laughs> so then, uh, kind of just a montage. She's, like, cutting wood and shit. And then here is when he decides to go to the library, and he checks out some books on Alaska. This is where they talk about Alaska. He's like, yep, Alaska seems nice because there's nothing there. Which sounds... You strange. like polar bears. And she's like, how's your wife? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, it's actually, how's your wife? God damn it. No, Ooh. don't let him combine. <laughs> He's like, so she's just kind of checking through this book. Because why not? <laughs> And he's just kind of like, yeah, Alaska, polar bears, don't you like bears? And she's like, yeah, bears are cute, of course. So he now has one thing that he knows about this person. (laughs) And he's running with it. Yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, there's so much there, but, you know, we'll never see it. Doesn't it kind of make you sad? And he's like, no, I can imagine that I'm there. You know, if you put your hands over your ears and you kind of (laughs) whip-wop. If you just put them back and forth really in the right pattern, then it's almost like that you're walking on snow. And then G- the other receptionist is like, eh, 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 and is like, yo, fuckers, there's a line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when you realize there's a line behind him while they're having this conversation. And she's like, yeah, okay, four weeks, bring him back by then. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks away, and you just see a nice little shot of her, like, trying the hand thing on herself, and she smiles. Yeah. And I think, I think he cuts back to the hand again. Uh, the hand is escaping from the dog because the dog still has a fight on it. And it's like f- escapes full of slobber everywhere. It doesn't give a shit. Someone almost steps on him. So he starts running around. And <laughs> you okay there, Robbie? <laughs> he is actively falling asleep. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the hand's like... Um, so just continue what you're doing. And then, Chewie, you edit me out. I'll do things to keep Robbie away. <laughs> okay, so the hand is like skirmishing around. It looks at the door. Wait, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 totally. Great scene, great scene. <laughs> so the hand looks at the door. It can't escape due to the fact that the door is locked and also a door and closed. <laughs> crazy crazy concept I know so it just kind of walks to another room and you see the blind man playing the piano and the hand decides to climb on the piano and s- sits quote air quotes yeah um and as this happens the hand starts imagining himself playing these the song cause again Naofel is a dreamer Mm-hmm. And well, he's a dreamer, be... and he also was learning how to play piano whenever yeah. he was younger, too, with his mother being a celloist. Yeah, he wanted to play in the concertos with his mother. Uh, and he's just sitting there listening, and then the blind man stops, and he goes to grab his drink, and he grabs the hand. He's like, oh, fuck, a rat. Yeah, I mean, what else would you think, honestly? Yeah, like, what is... huh, there's a human hand here. <laughs> That's moving. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> So he's like, Edison, the dog's name is Edison. Edison, get him! Attack! And he's like jabbing where he heard the hand fall, so the hand he breaks like open a vent, and the hand crawls through the vent. Hand escapes. Yeah. 
Okay, that, by the way, is the perfect voiceover for the hand, what you just did. I would <laughs> wait, 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 fucking wait, 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 love that. <laughs> <laughs> all it, it's just always there. It's like it's, it's trying to like go into the, the water. <laughs> <laughs> it pops out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's on the ball. <laughs> so Whatever. Um, then I it cuts back to Nalfell and we get uh one of the few like scenes where they just let the music take hold, and you just listen to a song while Nalfell builds an igloo. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a good song. Uh, it's well, a fast it's, learner apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did say it is a nice was. little scene. Yeah. Uh, I believe after this. It cuts back to the hand, I think, and the hand it crawled through the vent into another person's uh, place, <laughs> and there's a little baby there getting a bath. Yeah, and the mom's on the phone, and she's like, "Hello, sex bomb," <laughs> and I have just oh yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a French yeah. thing. What, you don't call Kenny a sex bomb. I don't call anyone sex bomb, except on Tuesdays. Winky winky. But by the way, that, that level of seduction I just did was pretty much what this scene accomplished. <laughs> like I said, maybe it's like a French thing we don't get. I don't know. I think someone was on the other line going, fucking sex bomb, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, uh, I get there's just like a little rack above where the baby's taking a bath. So it's kind of like the hands crawling over that rack, and the baby sees it, and the baby's laughing because there's a separate hand. <laughs> I guess it's a baby. Yeah, it laughs a baby. at anything. It doesn't know anything. Yeah. So it's laughing. And the mom comes in. And is like, ba 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 ba. I'm on the phone. I'm picking up my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, totally how she's talking. <laughs> yeah. So she walks out with the baby, and the hand climbs down and just gets in the bath because it just wants to relax for once. Yeah. So this is why I think the hand doesn't drown. Probably not. It just gets honestly. in the bottom of the bath and. Hand stares through the water? Yeah. I think it it really, like, the river scene was more, it was just, like, caught off guard by the fact it was in water. Yeah. And Fair panicking. enough. Uh, I believe, it cuts back to Naufel again, I believe, and he is back in the library, and Gabrielle's put away books, and she sees him. And he's like, hey, I got you a bear keychain. <laughs> Because that's the only <laughs> thing I know about you so far. I thought he made he it. He did. He did. Sorry. Right? Yeah. I made that, you. That does change it, though, because that's, that's, that is kind of nice. Yeah, but again, it's just like the only thing he knows about her, so he went with it. I'm just like, just, yeah, I want a bear keychain. Um, and he returns the books, and he's like, I'm, yeah, the bear keychain was an apology because I was late. Uh, definitely, here's the books. And she's like, no one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this is an interesting thing, because that implies that over four weeks have passed at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you get a lot of time passing without it really telling you any time is passing at all. So, there's not really a good sense of time. I think it's on purpose, though, with, yeah. like, you see all the past stuff and then the hand stuff. So, it it mixes it all to where it doesn't really matter what time it is, like or, like, how much time is passing. Yeah. But, uh, as he does this... Wake the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't help that it's like a hundred degrees in this room. So yeah, he's like, "Oh yeah, I better get going," and she's like, "Yeah, I got work, so get go, please." <laughs> he's like, "Yep, I better get going." Uh, Gigi's running the truck. 
And I think here it hard cuts again to him actually driving himself. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so. He's driving himself he's as a jamming out. Yeah, and he's jamming out to some rap music as the subtitles. So, like, really let us listen to the music by just putting <laughs> rap music. It's French rap, so I mean, yeah, how good is it really? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the beats are good. Yeah, I guarantee if we spoke French, we'd probably like probably, it more. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I said, there aren't actual subtitles, so we don't know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's about to park, and he's like. Whoa, there's someone there, and he sees Raphael, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Wiggum, Ralphie Valfie, whatever his name is. And uh, he's like, yo, what are you doing here? And Ralph's like, lighting a, a cigarette for Gabrielle. And he's like, hi, I told you, he doesn't like the family much. And as he passes now, he's doing like the blowjob motion thing. I don't... And, you know, just being a dick, generally. Yeah. And Gabrielle's like, yo, he invited us to uh, a party uh, if you wanted to go. And <laughs> just watching Robbie, sorry. I know, he's actively falling asleep. Actively Robbie, trying. don't turn your back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, parties, great. Um, You want to pick me up? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and he goes to be work. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm so great at it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not shy. I can't think fast enough. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> uh, the hand, it's the hand's turn in the spotlight again. Uh, the hands, <laughs> the baby's sleeping and the hand just kind of crawls up and then, like... The baby just holds the hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, that's, yeah. All, that's all we need. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think there's a couple more of the child scenes throughout here. Nothing too important. I think there's one where you see a goat, and that's the scene. Yeah. Uh, that's vital for later. Keep that in the front of your mind. <laughs> Uh, foreshadow. I didn't even remember, remember that. Really? the that... goat. Yeah, remember the goat. Really? Yes. Huh. But uh, back back in the semi present, I guess. Um, adult now fell like uh, Gabrielle shows up. Is like, yo, where's this dude at? And she sees him above a ladder, and he's just waving at her. She's like, I guess I better go follow him. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes up and he shows her the igloo he made. And at wow. first she's incredibly impressed by it. And goes in and then it starts to get a little weirder. There's drinks. And there's a pizza. And there's a note of the same note that was on the pizza that he was delivering. He's like, hey, it was me all along. She like, what nopes the out. fuck? Yeah, she yeah. nopes out immediately as is respectable. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that she would nope out at this. So she's like... Nope, I'm done. You are a dick and a creep. And he's like, what do you mean? I, I got the job for you to spend time with you. And she's like, when are you going to tell my grandpa that you fucking bullshitted him this yeah, entire like, time? Did you think about him at all or what his situation is? He's sick. And now if I was like, what? No. I didn't know. Is What's he? wrong with him? How yeah. long does he have? Yeah. <laughs> what actually happens is she leaves him on the roof, understandably. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, fuck. 
Then we cut back to good old hand and it zip lines using a clothes wire, clothesline, clothes wire, clothes, a hanger on a hanger. electricity wire. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. And then, uh, it gets down and you see this, you see a crow, but it's, it's just a mask. <laughs> Dry. I thought there yeah. was a giant crow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a painter in this crow mask well not a pa- like a graffiti artist uh, well, we yeah, should graffiti specify artist. there's not just a painter on the roof of something they didn't go anywhere with that though right? they did kind of they did uh, it's the a biggest, small thing yeah so he's like graffitiing a bunch of things and like graffitiing a bunch of like objects that are on the roof which is where it goes with it but uh before anything well, isn't he also painting something on the side of the wall that's later okay not much later so yeah but uh, cuts back, and now Fell decided to go to the party uh, alone, and is drinking himself because he sure is sad because he was a creep and was called out for being a creep. And he's just kind of chill there. Uh, Ralph kind of just chastises a bit, and he's like, "Fuck off, man! I'm tired." <laughs> and Ralph drinks his drink, and he's gonna pour himself another one when someone just steals his chair. He's like, hey, uh, I was sitting there. Like, well, just don't bother me, man. Can you just sit in the other chair? Like, well, actually, my drink is right there, so I was clearly sitting there. He's like, oh, this is your drink. Why didn't you tell me beforehand? So he goes to spit in the drink, and he and Rafa. No, now fell. Now does not take kindly to it at all, and he just starts fucking attacking him and punching the shit out of him. Yep. So we got a fight. Uh, then it cuts back to the hand, and this is where you see the. Graffiti artist is just painting on the wall. I don't quite remember what the graffiti was. I think it just says, I'm here. Yeah, something like that. And it's doing that, and the hand's like, huh, that's that's the highway down there. Yeah, I don't, I cannot get over there, and then across the river, how do I figure this out? And the hand finds an umbrella. Yep, and that's where the graffiti artist actually, well, also that I am here is kind of like symbolism and all that jazz but he graffitied an umbrella <laughs> and what yeah that was one of the things he didn't like draw an umbrella and then the hand like use hand magic to bring it to life or anything that would be pretty neat though <laughs> it's a fucking magic hand there's a lot of things i missed in this movie i mean i don't blame you for missing that because like it's not like it's really noticeable on the umbrella much but uh yeah, it grabs an umbrella and then there's some cool scenes with like the paint kinda going with the wind and stuff. Yeah. Uh it kinda cuts back, I think, to now Fell just kinda being annoyed at himself. And uh so this going iffy. back to So it, it cuts to the next day. Um and he's obviously regretting everything that he's done the night before. But he realizes like, oh I have to go down to work and you see that he like he has a bruised eye and stuff like that. He gets down to his workbench. There is Tylenol, Alka Seltzer, and then I think it's a to do list, right? Like instructions. Yeah, instructions yeah. on what he has to build for their client. And so he takes all of that and he starts working on it. And you see this fly flying around. And he obviously has this watch on that he got from earlier that his father seemed to be wearing. Yeah. Uh, then it cuts to the hand again. Uh, the hand has the umbrella and it's looking, the wind's picking up. Which is when it should be jumping, clearly. Uh, there's a little astronaut on the highway, symbolism of the dreamerness again. And a th- important part here is you see the hand is hesitating. And because of this, when it jumps, the wind stops. So it just falls. 
and you know there's a highway down there. <laughs> yeah, so it's not ending well. Yeah, so it kind of also the the astronaut too, right? Is because anyone to do what the hand just did would be insane, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that that dreamer eggs the hand, so like that that aspect of him that drives him forward. I yeah. Guess. yeah. yeah. The hand's, like, getting ruffled around by all the cars, and eventually the wind picks back up after the hand's, like, spun around by uh, a semi, I guess. Yeah. And the wind picks up, and the hand's going, and it hits a building. Kersplam. So it also, an interesting detail, though, is it crawls up into the the umbrella when it's coming down. Sort of like that dream is starting to give way, so it's, like shooting up into it to like a hidey hole and then there's no control right like the umbrella there's he has no control over what happens at that point the cars just do whatever they want to the umbrella so it's sort of like the dream hitting reality yeah yeah is that but he's still trying to hold on to it for dear life and it cuts exactly, and it cuts back yeah. to him back at the workshop and he's getting more and more distracted by this fly he's when he's drawing his outlines for what he has to cut in the wood he's making marks that he's not supposed to be making and getting just horribly distracted by the fly and he's cutting this piece of wood, and the fly is bothering him and bothering him, and he goes out of his way to capture the fly, and he finally captures it. And just as he grabs it with his hand, his watch gets caught on the blade, and the blade catches it and tears through his hand and rips his hand off. And then on the ground, you see his hand, and the hand did actually capture the fly, but the fly slips out of the hand, which is more symbolism of, like, Here's this dreamer, here's this free-thinking person. And when he's finally done trying to admire this kind of sensibility, this way of thinking, he finally catches it, or in this term, I guess, destroys it. Because everything that he knew before and everything that he was adventurous about in his real world is dying, and so he doesn't know how to handle that in his brain. And so this fly has, since his childhood, symbolized this freedom, and he goes to catch it. And whenever he finally catches and destroys what he thinks is this freedom is when his world starts figuratively and literally being torn apart from him. I also felt like the the girl represented the fly, too. Because everything he learned about catching flies is you don't go at it directly. Yeah. You go to where you think it's going to go. And then right when, like you said, the fly was in his hand, you know, gone. Yeah. So it is at this point, the movie has come full circle, and we are basically at the first scene of the movie. With Naofel, he tried to package his hand, I guess. Yeah. Which, a scene that Dry has said would be just really surreal if you just had to pick up right. your own like, hand. Because he yeah. picks up his own hand, and like imagine having to pick up your own fucking disembodied hand with your other fully working hand. Like, yeah. I don't think your brain would be able to realize what it's doing. To be able to freak out enough, but <laughs> Robbie's Robbie's thinking awfully hard. On it, though. He is. He I mean, is. He, he, he I closed hear... his eyes. He was meditating. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have heard of people who they, in some cases, like the shock is super great on something like that because some that was attached to your body is no longer attached anymore, and so your body just like starts filling itself with dopamine to deal with the fact that oh i just lost a limb basically what actually happens is after picking up his hand he just immediately faints due to the fact that he's just lost so much blood yes yeah. and he's on the floor and Gigi walks in and he's like oh no <laughs> well shit yeah 
Uh, we ca- Another apprentice to the blade, I see. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, so we cut back to what the hand's doing, and the hand's kind of waking up from crashing into a building. And at this point, you realize, oh, this is near the part. This is actually finally back to the building where Naofel actually is. Because before, it just kind of was wherever. Mm-hmm. And it was always looking for... I guess something we forgot to break up. There's this giant crane. And that's kind of like the point where you understand where Naofel is. Is he's by this giant crane. So the hand's always kind of going towards it. Yeah, there's also, I guess, a conversation from earlier that we forgot to bring up that he's having with... Gabrielle. Uh, Gabrielle about saying like if you thought that you could make the jump from here would you take the leap yeah kind of he was saying like that's basically destiny he felt destiny is there but you if you can do something unexpected like instead of just walking jumping onto the crane then you could avoid destiny yeah oh shit that goes back to the fly thing yeah mm-hmm. Actually, fun fact: the director said himself. The director himself said that he felt the fly actually does just represent destiny. Yeah, and that was the thing I was saying makes sense, but not something I would actually think of. I'd be like, "Hey, look, a fly!" Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, so the hands going back to now fell, uh, and eventually the hand actually goes into Naofel's room. And it is a very surreal scene where the hand climbs up and tries to basically put itself back where it belongs. But you realize Naofel just can't have that hand anymore. Yeah. It's gone. Kind of just like that wanting of how things used to be. Mm-hmm. I think it correlates back to also... Um, being held sort of like um when i can't remember her name gabrielle uh, we'll call her nietzsche okay Ga- yeah gabrielle or, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know uh but yeah she was talking about the building with the wind right and how she, up above she was kind of away from sort of the visceral reality of on the street but that's also kind of what a family does when you're when you're attached to a, a larger collective and he had been severed from his own family, right? And that was why I thought the the creepiness, however, not justified, but it explains why. Because this is this is a he's he's a limb detached from from a, a larger cohesive piece, which she represented. Huh? So in that sense, he's the hand, she's the body. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. But uh, what happens next is. We cut to now. Fell is listening to his old recordings, and then this is something I'm kind of like about the movie because it kind of explains why it's so jumbled. Is you're seeing all the flashbacks as now Fell was listening to them, uh, which is why they're not in any particular order. They're just whenever they were recorded or whatever tape that now Fell decided to choose. Mm-hmm. And as we catch up to present time, the tape that he's currently listening to is a really important one. It starts off with his mother playing the cello and then he ends up surprising her and uh, they just kind of laugh together. Then you hear his father playing a song for him and just kind of joking around. Then it is 
him and his parents in the car. This is the scene brought up earlier that is completely silent, but now you actually hear the sound from it. Now Fell is asking them if after the concert he can go to the party, like just the after party, I assume. And before his parents said that he could and they never have, so he recorded it to make sure that he had a recording of them promising it. Yeah. And there's kind of a bit where like his father's talking and you hear the mother being like, keep your eyes on the road. And which is a bit of foreshadowing. And now Fels just kind of starts hearing the wind and stuff. And he starts deciding to record that noise. And then his father pulls him in. Cause he's like sticking his hand at, or he's just kind of leaning out outside of the car. Yeah. His father pulls him in. He's like, what are you doing? Don't, don't lean out the car. And the mom's like, look out. And this is the goat. That's what they hit here is the goat, which causes the cr- crash. So we have figured out fully what the entire thing is like. And you realize, so now Phil's just kind of had this weighing him down his since the accident. Cause in his mind, it really kind of is his fault. Yeah. He's blamed himself for his parents passing and the crash and everything his entire life. And he's never let himself let go of it because he's had that recording. So did you figure out that his parents were dead at this point <laughs> or was it? It was a little, it was mid credits where I was like, Oh, <laughs> but, uh, I was wondering too. I was like, but where are the parents? <laughs> yeah, so the hand's just kind of hiding under the bed. Cause it, again, it's realized it can't be a part of him at this point anymore. So it is the next day. Now Fels reapplying all the gauze and stuff. And Gigi's like, hey, I got the stuff signed and everything. You just need to sign it. All right. I guess if you're not going to answer, then whatever. Yeah, it's basically, it's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. And then he hears Gabrielle roll up and he's like, "Uh, I'd rather not see her right now. So he leaves. And we, uh, you assume it's just through the window. Yeah. But uh, she opens the, she unlocks his door and goes in his room, and he's not there. But uh, something we forgot to mention earlier, she loaned him a book, which was the World According to Garp, which is an actual book. Um, I don't quite remember what it was about. I couldn't really find any direct symbolism between the two. I think the main thing I think it was about like feminism, and I think that's why she liked the book and stuff. Again, there's not. I didn't find too much correlation, but I also haven't read the book because, yeah. you know, it's in it French. Might, yeah, I was going to say, it might have just been a book that the author liked to yeah. put in there. But, um, so she starts reading it, and then it is the next day. Uh, there's snow everywhere. And the hand's like, well, I should make sure that she knows what happened to, um, now, Phil. So the hand makes a bunch of noise and then builds an igloo out of sugar cubes. Yeah, the hand has gotten its self-coordination back. It's hand-hand coordination. Yeah. So upon seeing that, she's like, I should go to the igloo, I guess. So she goes to the igloo and now Phil's not anywhere to be seen. She starts looking around and she notices the tape recorder. Just under a piece of wood. And the piece of wood is angled towards the crane that's right across from the building. Yeah. So she listens back to the tape recorder and you notice it's the same one he was just listening to that starts with the mother playing cello, except this time she fast forwards. And when it's in the car ride, he has decided to record over it. 
He has decided he is not going to let it control him anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's recording over it with all the sounds of him setting up. So he's moving the wood to the proper place for the crane. He's swinging the microphone to get a sense of this is the sound of this is Nothing. the drop. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts the tape deck under the piece of wood. You hear him take steps back. And something I like about this is like, you actually are seeing it more from Gabrielle piecing together what is going on through the recording. Yeah, it's really neat, actually. But yeah, so you hear him step back, and then he runs, and you hear him jump. And there's just silence for a bit. Until you hear a large metallic thud, and you he has made the jump. He successfully jumped to the crane like he said he would. And upon doing that, he lets out... Of woohoo. <laughs> yeah, which you hear over the recorder. And it's kind of cutting back and forth between him successfully doing it and her listening to him successfully doing it. Yeah. And they're both sharing in this moment without really sharing it. Yeah. And so it just, and then it just kind of becomes a somber moment where there really isn't any more dialogue for the rest of the movie. Not that there's much left in the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. but it's just him kind of sitting down after realizing he has done what he's set out to do her being like he has he found what he wanted and the hand being like i have completed what i needed to complete and you get this scene of the hand starting to bury itself in the snow and it is flashing back to a similar scene of when Naufel was a kid burying his hand back into the sand and as it does this, you finally get adult now, Phil, who is just sitting there, just exasperated from the fact that he completed this. And then it ends. Yeah. You don't know where now Phil went after. You don't know if Gabrielle and now Phil ever met each other again. You don't know if the hand's real. It's just... It's really just... I, I, don't, I don't think the hand is ever real. I'll say. I think it was just kind of like a surreal... Um, just symbolism. Yeah, surreal uh, symbolism. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's his final daydream. Like, the final dream, like, oh, man, I, what if my hand made it back to me? Yeah. And he falls asleep, he wakes up, and the hand's not there. Right. Then he goes out, does the jump. And the thing is that I, I, I had interpreted from that personally... Not from the director's notes. <laughs> the director's notes was about fate and stuff, which I I hadn't caught, which I thought was, yeah. but um, not really notes, just something he said. But anyway, um, yeah. So what I interpreted was he's now appreciating the moment. Yeah. You know that it's no longer this life that he can catch. I mean, he he doesn't have a hand. Yeah. Right, but he's there on that crane. The wind's blowing against his dangling. Um, jacket, flappy flip, sleeve, flip, whatever His, sleeve. The sleeve there you without go. the hand. Um, exactly, and he's just he's there. He's in the moment. Yeah. That's his life. That's his reality. Yeah. So like, just everything here in my. This is kind of the thing that caught me and made me say like this. I think is a must watch for people because this is one of those things to where if you didn't look any deeper into it, you could still get a nice story out of it. But I think there is a lot to look into here, like with the fly and um, and fate and free will and stuff like that. Like him leaving behind the recorder and recording over it 
and just leaving it there and taking that plunge. And he didn't know if he was going to make it. No. He, no matter what, he was going to have a different life from here on out, whether he made it or not. If he didn't make it, he's dead. It doesn't matter. He leaves it all behind. If he makes it, well, ev- anything can change. Anything can like be whatever. Said, destiny can no longer keep up with him. Yeah. And so he's able to make his life whatever he wants from now on. He doesn't have to live in the past. And he doesn't have to try to justify his existence anymore. So I think that move, that moment is really beautiful, actually. And then I guess just a random fun fact I'll put here because I didn't really know where else to put it. Uh, for all the scenes where there's a lot of motion to what the characters are doing, for recording, they actually had the actors do the same motion. Oh, really? And I think that actually really helped. You get, like, a raw feeling through yeah. a lot of it. It sounds like they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, that's cool, actually. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's like go. It's kind of like how a lot of uh, AAA game design is now for a lot of studios. That's cool. Uh, I will say, if you're interested in some of this stuff, uh, they're actually, Netflix put out a, uh interview with the director... That you can watch, it's only about half hour long. So if you are interested in a lot of stuff, I would recommend giving that a watch because it's really cool to see into what the director was feeling. Oh, that's and really that's cool. where I got a lot of these fun facts from. I think I'm actually going to want to go and watch that either tomorrow or later tonight. That mm-hmm. sounds really interesting, actually. I guess one last thing is the director really feels like animation is not a genre; it is a storytelling medium, and that's one thing I agree with. Animation is not a thing such as comedy or action. It is just how you can possibly tell a story. It is a type of cinematography. And I really agree with the director. Kind of the on same this. thing of like going between filming something digitally or film, filming it with film or animating it or CGIing all of it. Yeah. My film collection begs to differ. Sir. Your film collection is very wrong. So I, I see the point. I, see I, the I point do get the idea because of, yeah. Because you can have horror, comedy, you can have any genre within the that within that framework. Yeah, I would say that if you were to have a horror comedy that's animated, that is a subgenre of animation. I would disagree. I would say that's a horror comedy, and it was animated. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. <laughs> you mean from you and from everyone else? Oh <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. Again, I just really like this film. Uh, Like I said, it's an experience more than, like, a purely enjoyment thing. I think if you just are looking now to sit down and kind of, like, zone out and watch a movie, this is not the movie to do that for. I don't think it's a zone-out movie at all, no. It's it's a good movie to go in with an open mind, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a movie I'm going to have to go and rewatch. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't actually watch it. Robbie had been texting me as we were going about what was going on and what we're talking about, which is why I got quiet at the end. Cause as he started to fall asleep, I just started getting like just random blocks of just random words. But back to this movie, uh, I guess it's time for the ratings as we do. Uh, Robbie, before you fall asleep, how about you start us off? Final thoughts. Like I said, I think because I was dozing off while watching this movie for my long day, uh, it was good what I did see of it. Uh, talking about it afterwards, I did realize that we uh, we had more in common with this movie, like with us growing up, than yeah. I initially thought. Especially when you look at it within a deeper meaning. <laughs> but uh, what I 
was seeing was really good, but I think I did miss some of the <laughs> deeper points of that movie because I was falling asleep while watching it. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, but what I did see of it, I did really like. Uh, did you see enough to give a rating, you think, or do you think you'll upstate? Not a fair rating. But yeah, this is definitely something I have to go back and rewatch because, like you said, it's not exactly a movie that you could just sleep turn yet turn your brain off and watch kind of thing it's something you have to very much pay attention to while you're watching it yeah rocky what are your final thoughts it's a good movie that's higher than i thought you were gonna go i mean no i'd give it an eight i mean i saw i recognize it as a good movie i didn't really i mean honestly it was so hard for me to keep focus watch it some sometimes i get like really bad adhd or add or some bullshit excuse that i put into three three letters but i just couldn't keep focus on the movie too well um but watching it i was like yeah this is a you know like when you watch something even if you don't like it you could tell that it's 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 quality a lot of the movies just the way everything runs together yeah it's a good movie i can't say i'd suggest it to anybody unless i was talking about fate yeah but then i wouldn't suggest this movie because not a big believer in fate I mean, myself. Sometimes you just but... get HIV and you can't pay attention to a movie. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's three. I want to use those ones. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. You know, sometimes they get PCT. <laughs> sometimes you get LOL. <laughs> JFK, man. I got JFK on the brain. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, on that note, uh, Jariah, what are your final thoughts? Um, I didn't expect to come out of this movie having such bright things to say about it. I honestly think that this is a beautiful film. Um, jokes aside, I really do love it. I don't know if I would ever rewatch it, or if I do, it's probably not going to be anytime soon. Of course, yeah. Um, but I would say maybe in a few years, I would really love to go back and just knowing what I know about it, just try and see what I can pick apart from all the small things that are, they talk about and something like that. Um, I highly recommend it. I honestly, I would give it a nine. I would say, oh wow, an easy nine on that one. This is going to be a weird one, so I'll just go ahead and get my rating out of the way. I'll give, I personally give it a seven. And I think this is one of the first times that the person who recommended the movie actually rated a lot lower than the <laughs> other people. I think a lot of it is I don't have like the, I don't have as much as a, of a personal connection as you guys probably do to this movie. Uh, I don't like, I understand where now, now fellas coming from and I do relate to him on a lot of things, but ultimately I don't quite get entirely to his state of mind as I don't have the loss kind of, or the like being in a small place and wanting to get out like you guys might. I mean, that was kind of our entire childhood, honestly. Yeah. I get a lot of the, like just feelings of nothingness that persist throughout a lot of the movies. I relate to him a lot on that. And, uh, the subplot, the love subplot, I'm, as you probably can guess by now, I wasn't like super big into, I think the rest of the movie really can carry it throughout anyways. And even at the end, I like, they don't try to act like they're going to get fall back in love or anything. In fact, I think at best they might just become a healthy friendship at that point. I would say I at mean, best they were only ever a healthy friendship. Yeah, yeah. that's true too. That, well, it's the worth the best until he creeped her out and she moved away. I think that was that final scene of him making that final jump. 
seemed more like it was kind of him moving forward in a way from what his life was and what it will be now kind yeah. of thing. So there's that chance they just may never talk again. No, that's completely fair too. But yeah. I also don't feel like any of us can really relate to his experience. No. If you actually look at what happened to him, that's not something I feel like any of us face. No. Cause that was, that was someone looking for a life that he felt was snatched from him. Cause he was set up to be, he was his mom was training him to be a uh, pianist to to play music and he obviously had a gift when it came to recording sounds and he had this i mean i don't think any of us have faced that where that a life has been something that was a part of us so inherently was taken you know so i don't i don't i feel like for some people who have experienced that this would be a way more intense yeah, movie yeah. and a very sobering like hey yeah this is fucking life yeah i think you're right i think i was a little too soft at the start i think almost anyone probably should at least watch this movie once i think it is a really good piece of art and i think this movie really goes to show when i tell people like there are just things that animation can do really really well that a normal storytelling or live action or even live action with CG really wouldn't tell. I don't think this story would nearly be as good if it was like live action and you had this live action hand going everywhere. I don't think it would, it would be nearly as impactful. I, I love flying ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but going, goddamn Rocky, going off of what you were saying there, um, yeah, if if they tried to do this in a live action way, they would have to do the C, a CG hand for that. And I think having that CG like clearly CG hand throughout the whole thing would make it feel so much sillier and you wouldn't be able to take that that message and what's happening there nearly as seriously as I think you need to in order for the ending where he jumps onto the crane to have that impact. Yeah. And yeah, again, and I a thing I really like about this movie is there's a lot of openness to it. Like the ending, especially, no, you just he makes it to the crane, and it's up to you to decide what you think he's gonna do from there on. If you think he's gonna become a new person, if you think he's going there, even stuff like is the hand real? Like was that actually there? Like I personally believe that the hand was just a part of that. But like Jiraiya was saying, you can also easily just say the hand wasn't actually there. It's just him, like Rocky's saying, he could have just been imagining what if the hand was there? What if my hand was going to come back to me? Yeah. And I that's I think that's why a lot of it, like I think of why the hand wasn't there is because once he jumps onto that crane, the hand's gone. Like his his past, his what he should have had, his what he could have had that was taken away from him, his hand that was taken away from him, he's past it now. He doesn't need it anymore. So the hand isn't there anymore. I just There's just a lot of these things this movie does really well, in my opinion. And Yeah, I'm going to bump my rating up to a 9, because this is a good fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ultimately, as... With the people who stayed awake during this movie can tell you this is very much something to go out and watch. If you watched it, please let us know what you felt. Did you have a personal connection to Naofel? Uh If so, you don't have to tell us the connection if you're not willing to, but just send us your thoughts on this. We are the last ones in podcast at gmail.com, at the last ones in on Twitter, and the last ones in podcast at Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So just let us know your thoughts. Uh, and I think that will mostly do it for us this time. Yeah. Any other closing remarks anyone wanted to say? I need a nap. <laughs> um, That's the sequel to this movie. If, if you're a fan of French rap and you you love Italians, let us know. <laughs> actually, actually, that's something I don't think we really. Just, I love the soundtrack in this movie. Honestly, I think it it works well. It was good. The director yeah. talked about like having stuff. a blend between the soundtrack actually going into the movie, and I think he really nailed that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Our recording schedule is going to be crazy hectic for the next few weeks at the very least he's gonna be out of town for a week for sure um robbie with the move he has a bunch of overtime he has to do at work probably yeah um so that mostly will just wrap it up i believe on this one uh this was i lost my body a netflix original (laughs) uh quote unquote quote unquote uh artsy french film it is so if you want to catch us on any platform we are on iTunes or iMusic, whatever you want to call it. We're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, we're on Google Play Store, and Stitcher. Yay. So if you don't like what you're listening to on right now, you have plenty of options. Personally, I recommend Spotify. It's a pretty solid fucking podcasting app. I use it for all of my podcasts that I listen to. Highly recommend. I personally recommend Podbean because it's pretty easy and doesn't require a sign-up. But also don't use it on Mozzarella Firefox. Now we know who's paying those two fucks. What the hell, guys? <laughs> well, yeah, that will do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week or whenever you feel like listening to another one of our podcasts. See you next time. Talk at you guys next week. I need a nap. Goodbye. I remember the first time I met him, actually. He just went into his room. He started recording me. He's like, so what do you think about my mom? Like, um, I don't know. She seems nice. Fuck you, guy. (laughs) What the fuck? You don't remember that? Not that. We weren't talking about that. How dare you? I'm not trying to grade the chef. I'm just trying to numb my feelings by shoving pizza in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going real life now. okay? Okay. So... I'm so tired that I literally flicked the screen to see how much time I had left. (laughs) I'm on the same page as you, Rocky. I'm tired, too. Nuh-uh. No, it's not. There is no sound on my end, guys. I'm actually really pissed off that you would even suggest it. Fuck this podcast, I'm out.